Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Hi, guys. I'm hopping back on the airwaves to answer even more of your questions. I hope you guys are having a great fall and gearing up for the holiday season. I used to want to be one of those people who was like, you know, right after Halloween, give it a rest. Let's not jump into Christmas right away. We have another holiday, Thanksgiving. But as I get older, I realize that the holiday season is so short, you know, the time from Thanksgiving to if you celebrate Christmas is very limited. And I always get so sad when it's over because then it's just more weeks of cold and snow and ice with no payoff of a holiday or pretty lights. So I am really embracing starting celebrating the holidays early this year. And heck, I might even put up some Christmas lights this week or week after Halloween. Who knows? But I get it now. I get the need to decorate early. I get the need to start celebrating early. And so if you are putting up your holiday lights right now, well, I give you two thumbs up because I am in the mood to celebrate. Uh, In the meanwhile, while we're waiting to celebrate, waiting to hang up some lights, I'm going to answer some more of your questions. So I got another question for from Pauline, and I had answered Pauline's question a couple of weeks ago regarding a console that she wanted to buy from World Market, or was it Ethan Allen? Oh, I can't remember. But it was this carved wood console that she was going to flank with two bookcases in her dining area that opened to the living area. And my feedback for her was that there was so much wood in this space already that incorporating this other wood tone, this carved wood console, was just going to, first of all, feel redundant, and second of all, feel a little bit oppressive. There was just so much wood. So she wrote me back asking if she should get it in white. And I think white would be a better option as long as you can't see the wood grain, as long as it's not a white wash, as long as it's a white paint. 
because then we're not continuing down that wood rabbit hole. Uh, the other thing that I might recommend is not flanking it because remember, I truly felt that that wall was just too busy. Just because you have space on either side of a piece does not mean you need to fill it. Empty spaces are very important because those are where your good chi lives. That good chi can circulate in empty spaces and help your space to feel less cluttered, more gracious, more open. I really recommend that if you're going to flank that console with anything, it might be two potted plants that are somewhat tall, between three and five inch, or excuse me, three and five feet tall. And there you go. But keep it simple, Pollen. Don't overdo. You can always start with less and add more. That's what I say. My next question comes from Brooke. Brooke writes, Hello, congratulations on your new adventure. I think she's referencing our expansion to Washington, D.C. because then she asks, When are you coming to Wisconsin? Well, Brooke, the answer is no time soon because I went to college in Minnesota, which is Wisconsin's neighbor. And I must say, coming up this time of year is pretty bleak. There was no place as enchanting and magical as Minnesota in the summer, but there was no place as difficult and traumatizing as Minnesota in the winter. So I'm not going up north for at least the next few months. Let's keep it real. You ask, I painted my open family room Benjamin Moore Pale Oak, but in my southwest northern light, it went gray and cold. You are so right about this color. It's great for most any room but mine. I am tired of gray and was trying to go with a light grayish that didn't look like a muddy Revere pewter. Again, a lovely color, but just not in my house. I would love to paint the walls cloud white or white dove, but I'm afraid it will look like primed drywall. The connecting kitchen is Benjamin Moore's Horizon, which of course goes very blue in the family room. Do you have a suggestion as to what to try next? I was wondering about Halo or Ashwood or maybe Ballet White if it's not too yellow. My photos were taken quickly, but I think you can see the pale oak. And finally, well, let me answer this question before I get to your next question, Brooke. So, yes, I'm thinking that you should go for a tan or a cream. If you're finding that any color that has a hint of coolness appears to turn gray or muddy in your space, then let's stick with a warmer style beige. I'm thinking something like Navajo white or even bone white, something that may read kind of creamy so that when your gray, cloudy room feels dark, that it will cast upon a warmer glow rather than casting upon a cooler glow exacerbating that issue. Um, so let's get to your second question. Finally, we would love a sectional but can't fit your smallest recommendation for our sectional in our family room because it has two walkways in it. We did try to take the fireplace, which helps with the space. I've never had a place to sit because our dogs hop up next to my husband before I get a chance. I did see a sofa that had footrests and headrests that go up and down on each end, but it also had cup holders and a charging station built in, and I just can't do that, although it would be very convenient. Any suggestions would be most welcomed. All right, Brooke. Well, I am sorry to hear about your issue with the dogs and the husband. We have a very similar issue at my house, except the dog is on me uh, every time I hop on the sofa. And he's only 13 pounds. So luckily, it doesn't create too big of an issue with everyone fitting on the sofa. It's a shame that you can't have a sectional because it is a really nice way to incorporate lots of different people 
or in your case, furry family members and people in one area without all being on top of each other. But it sounds like that's just not going to be possible where you are. Um, And the reclining sofas. Okay, let's talk about it because a lot of my clients these days are wanting a reclining sofa. And the one thing that you need to keep in mind is that you need to have space to recline the chairs. So you can have it pushed up against a wall. It has to float in the middle of the space or be significantly off the wall so that when you recline, you're not hitting the wall with the furniture piece. Uh, Also, there are not many sophisticated options. They typically look like bulky blobs of fabric or pleather that are taking over the space. They're not sophisticated. They're not cute for cuddling because there's all these mechanisms inside and cup holders. And, you know, it's more like the inside of a car than it is a gracious, attractive piece of furniture for your home. I have not seen very many that were aesthetically appealing. West Elm has a couple. Um, I don't generally love their sofas, but the exciting thing about West Elm's options are that they are sleek and not quite as bulky as, say, going to Macy's or Raymore and Flanagan or these types of options. Uh, Lazy Boy has some options. But again, I mean, the selection of reclining sofas is pretty bleak. And just get a recliner and then get a sofa. I see the appeal, but not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, So I'm not sure what to recommend for you, Brooke. I mean, maybe you need a sofa with a significant ottoman to put your feet up, and maybe the ottoman has trays underneath where you can then have a book or a drink and use it as a functional coffee table, but that way you can have your feet up, your husband can have his feet up, and the dogs can still fit on the sofa in the middle. These are just thoughts I have for you, but without knowing a little bit more about how the space is laid out, this is all I can share with you at this time, and I hope it's been helpful. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, You're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. Let's go to my next question, which has come all the way from Israel. Ghani writes, Hi Betsy, I love your podcast. I have a question and wasn't exactly sure how people contact you, so I'm going to try you here. Anyway, here is my question. We live in Israel where it is very hot. We are building a new house. I know you don't usually give advice about exteriors, but I'm at a loss as to who to ask this question to. 
I've been researching cool roofs. The best roofs for hot climate are light colored. The lighter, the better. In Israel, most people use exclusively tiles. There are light colored beige ceramic tiles and all sorts of reds, gray, black absorb the light and are too hot. The houses we have seen with pale colored roof tiles look sickly and washed out. I just don't know what to do. What color should we paint our house if we have a light beige roof so that the house doesn't look worn or tired? Or should we just forget the cool roof and plan on using air conditioning on our second floor a lot since anything but a dark roof will just look weird? Thank you, and may your morning sickness end soon, Ghani. Yes, the morning sickness has mostly subsided, and now I'm just exhausted and um, frequently weak. Thanks for asking, Ghani. <laughs> you know, pregnancy is not not for us of the older set. Let me just put that out there. This is my third pregnancy, and it was so much easier when I was a little bit uh, not as long in the tooth, shall we say. Anyway, you are 100% right. I do not typically consult on exteriors. I will choose the color of paint for someone's front door. I will choose the color of their shutters, but I very rarely choose the color for their entire house. That being said, when looking at a pale roof, I did some research online and I do have some opinions. Uh, I was even driving around my own town to examine, you know, what other places have pale roofs. And it's kind of uncommon here in the northeast of the United States. Um, but I did see some examples and it did give me some feelings. Because I did feel that places that have the light roofs and then are painted a similar light color do look a lot washed out. They do look sickly. They look super monochromatic. So I much preferred the houses that had contrast. That being said, I did not like a beige roof with gray paint. I don't like the two different tones of neutrals conflicting. So I did see some homes that had like this light creamy type roof and then they had this charcoal or pewter type paint and it wasn't my bag. Uh, it was a very light pewter, or I guess light charcoal. Uh, so there we go. But I am thinking that you should probably do um, some kind of deeper color for the house. Of course, we don't want to go too dark because then your whole house might get too hot. So I'd probably go with a mid-tone. You could maybe even consider a color, like kind of a slate blue. That could be nice. Um but I would do some research online. I would Google. And whenever somebody's not sure of their style or not sure what direction they want to go in in general, I think inspiration photos are key. So just Googling, which is what I did, light roof house images or beige roof house images and seeing what comes up for you and seeing what you respond to. The other thing I like to do is drop it in Photoshop or as I use pages on a Mac. So the other day, my girlfriend was buying her very first home in New York. And so she was thinking of exploring different colors for her entry door. She wanted something fun and sort of whimsical. And she was really drawn to purple. And as you know, purple is quite a divisive color. And it's not my favorite color to use for something as prominent as an entry door. What we did is we dropped it in the program that I have pages, and then we overlaid different Benjamin Moore colors on the door to see what looked best. And it turns out a deep plum didn't look too bad. So that's what she went with. So I would recommend doing that with your home. Just take a picture of your entire home, drop it into pages on Mac, 
fill in with the different colors of Benjamin Moore that you're thinking of, and I think you'll find something that seems interesting pretty soon. But in order to save energy and save on air conditioning costs, I don't think I would do a dark roof. Just go with what's working in Israel and do that light-colored roof. That would be my opinion, Ghani. My next question comes from Lisa. Hi, Betsy. I'm wondering how you feel about hanging a gallery wall or row of photos up a narrow hallway. Thank you, Lisa. All right, so I have one test to see if you can have pictures or a gallery wall in a narrow hallway. You put your thumbs inside your armpits and you flap your arms like a chicken back and forth, up and down. If you hit either wall while you're walking, you may not hang pictures in that hallway because you're going to be bumping them. If you're carrying groceries or laundry or your children or you just have on a big coat, well, you're going to be bumping those pictures and causing them to go askew. In fact, I was just at a client's house the other day and he said, Betsy, we have this really long hallway and it looks so empty. I really want to put pictures. He had already put up one picture and it was crooked because his hallway was so narrow, I couldn't even start to do the chicken test. I put my thumbs under my armpits. I couldn't even get a full flap in before I was hitting his walls. No wonder his picture was askew. So I told him, no pictures in your hallway. Instead, let's do a beautiful hallway runner that adds some color, some texture, some visual interest, but is not going to be an impediment to walking through your space day to day. So that would be my recommendation for you as well, Lisa. Do the chicken test. Walk up and down your hall. If you are hitting the walls, it is not a perfect place for a gallery wall, and you should probably look elsewhere because gallery walls can be beautiful. They can be uh, conversation pieces. They can be showstoppers. But if the pictures are crooked, well, it ruins the entire effect. Uh, That's why I prefer gallery walls above a sofa or above a piano, a place that doesn't get a lot of traffic, a place that won't get bumped. Guys, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. I am going away to Paris, but I will be back in a week, and I'm sure I'll have plenty of design inspiration, plenty of design ideas, and lots more questions in the old mailbag. Have a wonderful week, and I'll be back with you soon. Bye. Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today.
A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.